This is Balls Don't Lie Podcast. Bro, bro, bro to 16. Keeping you up to date with everything NBA. Inside the bubble. Bro to 16. We keep it real and real short. Welcome, everybody, to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, Regular Steven, and we have something new for you guys today. This is Balls Don't Lie Shorts on the road to 16. 16 victories, that is. That is how many wins it takes to win the NBA championship. So, this is something very new. These are very, as in the alludes to in the title, short. Um, We're going to try to keep these shorter. Normally, our episodes are about an hour long. This one may be a little longer as I get used to this little format here, Um, but we're just going to try to have some fun with it and get you updated on action that goes on. We always meet with you guys, uh, usually once a week for our long show, and obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the meantime in between then. So we want to get you some coverage as the week goes on. So that's what we're going to do today. As always, please like, share, and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, and please follow us on Twitter at Balls Don't Lie Pod. That is Balls with a Z. All right, let's get into it. We left you on Tuesday, leading into Tuesday's action. And on Tuesday night, we saw a couple of results. We saw the Celtics beat the Raptors 102-99. Celtics take a 2-0 lead in the series. Huge. We had talked about how important it was for the Raptors to come out and win that game. It's hard to come back down 2-0, especially when you're playing against a good team. Uh couple of things of note here for the Celtics. Jason Tatum, 34 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 14 of 14 from the free throw line. Good night for him. Kimball Walker got off to a slow start, but had 17 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists on pretty bad shooting. 6 of 18 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. Jalen Brown, nice solid game, 16 points, 8 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Let's get to some notables for the Raptors. OG and Anobi, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 4 of 6 from 3. Solid night from him. Very athletic uh, guy out of Indiana. Then we have Pascal Siakam, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and 1 block. Filling up the stat sheet there, but when I watched, I was not overly impressed with him. uh, But still a nice stat line, giving you a lot of different things. Now we get to the two most important things, and this is what has basically led to the Raptors being down 0-2 in this series. Kyle Lowry. 16 points, 7 assists, 4 steals, but the big number, 0 of 7 from 3. And then Fred Van Vliet, 19 points, 7 uh, seven assists, 3 of 12 from 3. All right, so look at game 1. Lowry was 1 of 5 from 3. Van Vliet, 2 of 11. That means Lowry and Van Vliet are 6 of 35 in the first two games. Ouch. That is going to be very hard to win games like that when your best shooters are not shooting well. The Raptors as a team are shooting 10 10 of 40 in game one and 11 of 40 in game two. That puts them at 21 of 80. That's 26%. They're shooting more threes than the Celtics and making less. So they go 10 for 40 and 11 for 40. That is just not going to get it done. Game three coming up tonight. You gotta have Van Vliet and Lowry. They the Raptors have been one of the hot teams since arriving in the bubble. And a big part of that was especially Van Vliet playing so well. Lowry as well. But both those guys were shooting the lights out. So now we're seeing 
those guys cool off, if you can kind of contain those guys, they're having some problems. They're having some problems. So down 2-0 and not looking too hot. Not looking too hot. Unless those two guys can turn it around from three-point range. All right. So next game of the night was Nuggets Jazz. There's been some really exciting games in that series. Obviously, it goes seven. Um, this one, 80-78. to 78. <laughs> Not a real normal score you'd see in an NBA game. Kind of boring. Um, then you had, you know, the Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray show this whole series, but that kind of fizzled in this game as well. Uh, I don't have much notes uh, or, you know, much to add to this. It was, uh, you know, a surprising series. We kind of thought the Nuggets would take care of business in five or six, and that obviously did not happen. Uh, Nuggets do become the 12th team in history to come back from a 3-1 deficit in a series. Uh, so that is obviously noteworthy. Um, the most exciting part of this game seven was at the very end. Uh, Nuggets go down, miss a, uh, miss a layup with about six, five or six seconds left, maybe, uh, giving the Jazz a chance to make a game-winning three, and it just rimmed out. So uh, interesting series, uh, obviously entertaining. Uh, we saw a bunch of 50-point games uh, from Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, but the game seven ends on kind of a dud. But the Nuggets move on to face the well-rested Clippers, and that should be an interesting series as well. All right, so that was Tuesday night. We're going to take a short break here, get a little ad time in, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the action on Wednesday night and looking to move forward on to the next series. All right, we'll be right back after this word from our host sponsor. Welcome back, everybody. All right, let's get into Wednesday night's action. Heat 116, Bucks 114. Heat take a 2-0 series lead. Really don't know if a lot of people expected this to happen. Uh, a lot of people jumped on the pick, but I'm not sure how much they truly believed it would happen. And if you're watching these games, I've watched every minute of both of these, game one and two, the Heat just looked like the better team. I know during the regular season they weren't. I know the Bucs were the best team probably in the NBA, uh, especially during the regular season prior to the bubble. It's hard to really go off of that, but the Bucs were rolling, and the Heat were actually kind of struggling towards the end of the actual season. Um, they were starting to you know, drop some games to teams they shouldn't. They played really well. I believe they're like 17-6 and six against teams that are still, uh, or the top, I think the top teams in the, in the East, um, but 17 and six against the top five or six seeds, I think in the East uh, is what the stat was, uh, but starting to loosen to, to uh, some teams that they really shouldn't have. I think the last game they actually lost the Hornets. Um, so the heat actually weren't playing that well. And they've kind of come out and started to look like opposites of each other where the heat are even in the first games in the bubble, they were playing well, had some injuries, but the record didn't really necessarily reflect, I think how well they were playing. But since the playoffs started 4-0, sweeping the Pacers, and now taking a 2-0 series lead against the Bucs. Uh, every time the Bucs made a run in this game, every single time, the Heat would answer with a couple buckets to get that lead extended back out. It would be like the Bucs would cut the lead to five, and then boom, it ballooned right back up to 10 or 11. Um, then late in the game, fouls, obviously, fouls actually were an issue all game. 
they evened out towards the end. I think the discrepancy was like five, maybe five from somewhere between five to seven. I think the Heat had more fouls. But early in the game, it felt like everything was a foul. And actually, a record was set in this game. Uh, 37 three-point shooters were fouled in this game. Uh, that's not actually, I think the number was about five. But it just felt like every time a jump shooter went up, they were being fouled, whether it was on the hand or I've never seen so many calls of not giving the shooter space to land. I mean, I know that's the right call, uh, but it seems like they're really emphasizing that call a lot uh, in these playoffs, or at least in this Heat series. I know uh, watching these games especially, it feels like every three-point shooter is getting fouled. So that was frustrating, and then it actually caught up at the end of the game where that was how the game ended, was on two shooters getting fouled, two jump shooters. Chris Middleton, the first one, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what Goran Dragic is supposed to do. He was standing straight up. I don't really understand. That one just did not look like a foul to me. Doris uh, Burke agreed. Uh, I know the head referee guy there, you know, he said by the rule that is a foul, but it just looked like to me like a non-call play on. Then, so he goes on. So that, that allows Middleton to make those three free throws and tie the game up, which on a bad call. And then Jimmy Butler on the other end gets fouled by Giannis on the jump shot. Giannis kind of just flying by, left hand kind of gets onto his hip. Again, I guess I could see why they called the foul by the letter of the rule, but I think that's more just a play on. But it evened out the Middleton call to me. And the whole game was just kind of like this. The Heat overcoming fouls. Uh, felt like Giannis probably committed, I don't know, 14, 15 fouls. They just won't call fouls on him is what it feels like. Uh, feels like, uh, as my wife Emma had noted, feels like he travels every single time. I mean, hes I know he takes big, long steps. He's a big, tall guy. But, man, I don't know. Uh, Giannis seems to get away. Giannis seems to get away with a lot of sliding of his feet uh, as he's coming planted and just kind of ice skating around. Um, so I don't know. But anyways, the Heat were able to overcome that. And that was the most impressive part of this game. Uh, same thing in game one. I told you guys on the Tuesday show that the Heat, I thought, could have played a lot better. And they were still able to come out of there with a convincing win. And then this game, man, it just, it actually, as I was watching, it felt like Milwaukee was winning the game. But they weren't. Every time they'd make a run, the Heat would answer. Let's get to some numbers. Adebayo, 15 points, 9 rebounds. Jimmy Butler, after having 40 points in the first game, everybody's going to tell you this was a bad game for Jimmy. It wasn't. 13 points, 6 assists, 3 steals. He only took 8 shots. If you watch the Heat over the regular season, you know this happens. Jimmy sometimes is going to try to do other things to affect winning. He even says that he's going to do that. He even says that's what it's all about. He doesn't scare. Scare. He doesn't care if he scores 40 or 4. He said it before the game. He just wants a W. That's all Jimmy Butler is about. Jimmy Butler is about winning. 13 points, 6 assists, 3 steals. Jimmy Butler did, however, make the game-winning free throw as there was zeros on the clock when he got fouled by Giannis. So Jimmy Butler iced that game. Uh so 13 points, but game-winning free throws. All right, Crowder, 16 points, 6 rebounds. Crowder, 4 of 12 from 3. Man, it seemed like nothing was going in. He did make a couple nice ones late, uh, but eh, 
Uh, Crowder did play some good defense on uh, on Giannis. It's a tough assignment. They're throwing a lot of bodies at him. Giannis, uh, you know, he's going to eat up fouls on you. They're going to call a ton of fouls. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. actually made an appearance as well. Uh, first time in this series. And he actually did a pretty decent job on Giannis too. But he even adds six more fouls you can give on him. Uh, Goran Dragic had only two games in the regular season. Two games. Two games. Where he scored 20 plus points in two games in a row. He's now done it six games in a row in the playoffs. So that is Goran Dragic stepping his game up. Uh, Duncan Robinson, a little bit better than game one, 13 points, three of eight from three. Kelly Olenek gave you some nice stuff off the bench, 11 points, three of four from three, as did Tyler Hero, uh, second leading scorer, 17 points, three of eight from three. Tyler Hero does not look like a rookie. This is the uh, type of guy. This is probably what you're going to see from him in year two, these kinds of performances. This part of the year is when you'd see summer camp, summer league actually taking place. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of when you start to see that, you know, that second year jump. They had a lot of uh, time in between the end of the year and when they entered the bubble. And it looks you can tell the guys that were putting in the work because there's guys that have come back looking like year two. And then there's guys that haven't. Tyler Hero is one of those guys. Now, that's why he's such a good fit with the Heat. Anyways, on to the Bucks. Giannis, 29 points, 14 rebounds. And Chris Middleton, 23 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. Nice game. Brooke Lopez feels like he makes every single shot he takes. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 3 of 5 from 3. Bledsoe comes back after the injury in Game 1, has 16 points, 7 rebounds. And George Hill adds 14. All righty. It was big. Big time game for the Heat. You got to figure the Bucs come out and take game three, right? I mean, they have to. You thought they had to win this one. Going down 2-0 is not the same, obviously, as going down 3-0. But if I'm the Bucs, I'm feeling pretty discouraged right now. Pretty discouraged. Seemed like they played a better game than the Heat, I thought, actually, in game two. And the Heat able to still come out with the win. Uh Again, Heat really controlled that game. For whatever reason, it just didn't feel like it to me, uh, but they did. And so now Heat are up 2-0, getting 13 points from Jimmy Butler. So got to feel pretty good if you're a Heat fan. If I'm a Bucks fan, I'm getting a little nervous uh, about Giannis's future. Starting to feel, like I said a long time ago, starting to feel a lot like LeBron's first stint in Cleveland, where they had a couple teams that also uh, were one seeds, but they just couldn't get it done in the playoffs. And if I'm Giannis, it, it honestly, it looks so similar uh, to that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. But if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm a little nervous right now. All right. And then we had last night Rockets versus Thunder. Game seven. Rockets come out with the victory 104-102. Rockets win the series, obviously, 4-3 in advance to play the Lakers. Uh, Anton texts me during the game. He really likes this Lugans Dort guy. I'm not real sure if I pronounced his first name right, but he's kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, out of Arizona State, same school as James Harden. Uh, 30 points on 6 of 12 shooting, has made some big threes. Chris Paul, triple-double, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. We have over on the Rockets side, James Harden. Not a good offensive game, but did have the big block there at the end of the game on Dort's attempted three, and that kind of sealed the deal. Uh, Harden, 17 points, 9 assists on 1 of 9 from 3. Covington, uh, Robert Covington and uh, Eric Gordon both had 21 points and Russell Westbrook poured in 20. Uh, not much more to add on this. Should be an interesting series with the Lakers. 
Obviously, we talked about this on the show on Tuesday, and I know, you know, Anton was kind of rather see the Thunder because of the style issues that the Rockets can pose. Obviously, playing the small ball, the Lakers' strength being they're bigs. They're a big team. LeBron is big. Anthony Davis is big. Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee are also big. So utilizing a lot of length that obviously with the small lineup uh, that the Rockets put out there with P.J. Tucker playing center kind of limits how many bigs you can have on the floor if you're the Lakers. Uh, creates a lot of mismatches there in the, if you do intend to use them in that way, which they probably won't. So kind of neutralizes the Lakers size a little bit. We'll see if they can find a way to make it work in their advantage. So Lakers Rockets, that kicks off game one on Friday, as well as Bucks Heat game three on Friday. And tonight we have Clippers Nuggets game one, as well as Raptors Celtics game three. So those will be fun to watch. Keep tuning in. As always, thank you for joining us on Balls Don't Lie Pod. I am your host, regular Steven, and we will talk to you soon, probably early next week. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend.